Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix, as well as the comic books by Joe Hill and Gabriel Woo-hoo! Rodriguez. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I couldn't be happier. I'm Pete. I love the comic books. And we are going to be talking about Lock and Key Season 3, Episode 6, Free Bird, as well as getting into whatever happened at the top of the episode here. Uh, But if you haven't watched it on Netflix, go watch it because lots of spoilers here. Big thing here is that Bodie is a ghosty and they're trying to save him after Captain Frederick Gideon opened a big demon portal right in the middle of their house. There's one thing that's holding him up. There's one key that he doesn't have, so he can't completely open the portal. So he wants that. They want Bodhi's body back, and uh, they'll do anything to get it. By the end, as we suspected, we do get Bodhi's bodies back in exactly the way we thought we would. Bodhi, body back. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. No, Bodhi did want his body. He had a uh, separate plan. So I was having problems with this last episode, so I wrote it down. Can I I run it by you guys? It's uh, Please. Sure, sure, sure. If you've got a bad Bodie, get the Bodie body back. If Bodie leaves his body, then his Bodie body goes slack. Bodie needs a body, but Bolton's body bad. So Bodie's now a birdie because birdies are at baddies, and Bodie's birdie body gets the Bodie body back. I still messed up right there. The it, it's pretty good, though. You <laughs> put some you. time into no, it, was, and I appreciated that. And now, you. Pete, now you do your, that was <laughs> you do your <laughs> song. The whitest thing that's ever been done. I, I wasn't trying to do a rap. It's a poem. You ever heard about poetry, Pete? Okay, all it's right. a poem. Yeah, uh, po- Shel Silverstein. He's a famous poet. That's my yeah. guy. Sister for sale. <laughs> Sister for sale. It's not hip hop. It's sleep hop. Is what we're calling oh, it. Nice. Yeah, Nap hop. <laughs> well, anyway, by the end uh, of the episode, Gideon is on the trail of the last key. Bodhi is back, but it's a huge problem for everybody. And the big reveal is Sam is also back. Pete, what is your issue here? You seem pretty upset about this episode. Yeah, there wasn't a guitar solo. There wasn't a drum solo. There was no mention of uh, Freebird whatsoever. At least give me a shot of the car. Make me feel a little Freebird. Uh, come on, Pete. There oh, was okay. a shot of the car. I literally, I was like, you get a little Pete's peek at the car in the background when they're first walking up uh, to as prisoners. You get oh, a quick oh, shot of Tyler's car in the backdrop. I thought yeah. for sure you would be hype on that. I, I, I thought when I saw that, I mean, because I was also very focused on the car and I definitely saw this yeah. and I was aware this was happening. I was like, oh, man, the car is going to save them. The car is going to yeah. do that thing where like, whoa, whoa smashes through the Smash. house. Goes to the edge of the portal. It's kind of hangling for for a second. Does a sweet backflip. Lands right on Gideon. End of show. End of show. Wow. Lock and car key. I love it. (laughs) Um, Uh, But you got to be happy because we got a very loose adaptation of arguably one of the best, if not the best, issue of Lock and Key, Sparrow, which kind of works out like this in that issue. If you haven't read it, though, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. It is a Calvin and Hobbes-inspired issue where Bodie is a birdie and flying around with this group of birds. Uh, <laughs> and it's some, great. I it's like you're referencing abs- your own track. You're sampling yeah, your you're own right. track. <laughs> Listen, man, remember and that? Every time remember I mention I it, I get, uh, I get residuals. So. <laughs> self-royalty? <laughs> oh, man, I get so many self-royalties. Yes. We have a little residuals jar in my house, and any time one of my kids sings my songs, they got to put a quarter in. So far, I haven't made a lot of money, but fingers crossed. Wow. That's good. Make, your your song's going to hit off at home. your own children. That's, that's a, <laughs> a lot of the biggest hits started at home, and then they <laughs> totally branched out from there. Yes. So uh, I, I thought this was great. I mean, this is well, are you we obviously we're not going to get time. Are, are we the what? Get the running time. Did it admit your 
Uh, oh, do you want to talk? Of like, was Tell you what, exactly? these lock and key episodes keep getting shorter and I keep getting older. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if we want to talk about it, like, I, I am. I think these are the perfect amount of running, uh, running times we got going here. Like, I'm, I'm very happy with these episodes. I think they're doing just as much as we want, giving us nice reveals at the end. When I was hoping with the Freebird episode, you know, maybe we would stretch things out, get a little solo, you know, like really milk some, uh, some great stuff. But uh, no, it was they kept it tight. You'd be happy to know that this episode was actually the length of Freebird. It was the perfect uh, sync up of your two favorite. You could press press the song play, Freebird, press play right when oh, the the man, you see sweet. the wow. animal key in use, and it syncs up. It nice. syncs up. That's nice. super cool uh, and great info there, Justin. Thank you for offering that up. You got to do the research. So Every time I we... watch an episode of TV, I try to sync <laughs> it up with a different track. And Smart. it is, never works. Very time consuming. So I think we did actually spend too much time talking about the running length last episode. But, Agreed. But I did enjoy it. I, again, I think they're doing a great job here just in terms of filling up the time they have and making it all worth it. Loved Loved almost like the downtime afterwards here where everybody's hanging out, uh, trying to figure out what their next move is, licking their wounds, um, along with the sweet guitar licks, of course, of Freebird. But I I thought this was really good. It's not, you know, it's still you get a ton of action in the second half of the episode, but it felt like a really natural way of delaying that ultimate sort of finale vibe of, oh, there's a demon portal that's going to suck absolutely everything into it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I thought that was great. Like, they continue to have really smart moves, not just for all the characters, but the plot as well. Did you kind of feel bad for Gideon when he was trying to make the portal, like, grow and get bigger than he couldn't, and then he was just, like, you know, like, really sad? Yeah, he has uh, portal dysfunction syndrome, (laughs) unfortunately. That may happen if you're over 300 years old. (laughs) But if you can hold your portal open for four hours, you need to seek a doctor's. (laughs) What I was going to say is, like, I think this episode is doing a great job of just, like, subtly weaving together the entire series. Like, the reintroduction of Sam Lesser, the fact that we get to see Chamberlain here, um, the reference to... Sam Lesser um, sending the um, the sparrows to help uh, Kinsey find the angel key. Like, everything's sort of coming together, but subtly. It's not like that third act, like, ha-ha, it was all one thing. It's more like just pulling the thread a little bit mm-hmm. to find the and, sort of... And you had to be pumped when you found out who had the final key in their head. Gordy Shaw? Yeah, the final right. key? Yeah. Well, the next, the name of the next episode is Curtain. So, <laughs> I think we're going to get a little episode about, about um, the original. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's finally time we learned the curtain key where we find out how you can just change the curtains seasonally to reflect oh, uh, the nice. weather outside. That's oh, nice. I was going to say, maybe it's a key that uh, makes the curtains match the drapes. You know what I'm talking about? No. no. <laughs> Gordy Shaw? Yeah. So I think I said that wrong. It's not curtains match the drapes because that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i love the great let's definitely uh leave that right in i think it's no, I am very excited. the pillowcase so good so <laughs> i think um the idea that uh gordy shaw holds the final key in his brain and it's a little early in the episode for speculation but 
What's his final key, guys? It's a key I, we, I, we don't know about. I don't know. I'm hoping it's the season four key because I'd love to oh, unlock that. Oh, come on. Right, the nice. renewal key. Yeah. All the all the actors just turn to the camera and are like, tip their hats, like, see the season four please, key. Please. 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 <laughs> I really don't know. I, I was actually, let me see if I still have it open. I was looking through a list of the keys to try to figure this out from the comic books. I did the same thing. Yeah. And there's nothing that's immediately feels like not only is this the thing that Gideon wants, but this is the thing that has to be hidden in Gordy's head and will ostensibly be the key that'll kind of like solve everything, you know, because I assume that's what it is, right? Whatever it is, it is the cure all key. Well, I, I don't think that's how it is, but I do think they're going to figure out, aha, we got this out of Gordy's head. This is the key that Gideon wants, but this is also the thing we can use to bring about his downfall. Right. Are, are you guys feeling the same thing? Yes, um, because I think it does have the um, the idea of hiding in Gordy, who wasn't an essential member of their squad. He wasn't a keeper of the keys. He was like an, a side character at best who we've seen reintroduced here. Who's like, um, all those lock kids seemed cool back in the day. So he was he was definitely not someone they were like, we trust this person um, and need to hold them. It feels like this is a sort of a last minute fail safe, almost like an, a pull uh, break glass, glass in case yeah, of emergency. emergency. Yeah. So yeah. it makes me think this key is a key that deactivates all the keys uh, mm. or something where it is like an uh, apocalyptic key that uh, somehow ends the magic or, or changes it in some very large way. The only key from the the comics I thought could be referenced here is a, a major component we haven't seen yet at all is the key that unlocks the moon. Um, and I don't know how that would factor into the story. It feels wildly unrelated to the story, mm-hmm. but that's the sort of, the most major key from the comics that hasn't been introduced in the TV show. I, I like your theory, Justin, to throw out an alternate one that I think would provide more spectacle than plot. We haven't seen the giant key. I yeah, don't that's think. what I was thinking. And there yeah. was that shot when Bodhi was running up the stairs, they panned up and showed a window that actually looked like a slot for a giant key. Mm. And I think it would be interesting if we did see the giant key because because if we're going to kind of like heighten things uh, from the comic after, you know, we do the Calvin and Hobbes, I feel like a, you know, giant fight would be. But the the only thing about that is like the reason for the giant key was because of the crown of shadows. Right. 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 Yeah. And by the way, for any listeners who haven't read the books, we're talking about the books right now. There's an issue where Tyler uses the giant key, comes out of key house as this enormous giant and fights some giant shadows from the crown of shadows. So sorry. Take it away. Justin. sort of like almost a kaiju battle um, in the comic book series. And it was like a great it's a great issue where it's all just like full page spreads. Well, I think in the the series, but hold on in the series, the crown of shadows isn't a factor here so it's mm-hmm. like if we have the giant key what's the other giant is he well, just that's what I'm trying to get to. no no the giant is going to push the portal closed you know and then mm-hmm. maybe he opens up a chowder drawer and kind of pours a little on top and eats it away so that way nobody uh oh, okay like he takes a taste of the the portal and is like ugh, 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 gross oh, God, i gotta put chowder. some chowder on this yeah. Tell, yeah yeah oh, i was gonna say maybe chowder is like what chowder is to me like spinach to popeye where you squirt a can mm-hmm. of in your mouth and you get super strong. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the purpose of Josh. Like we got a little bit of the purpose of Josh this episode, but maybe Josh is going to be giant hot Josh. 
No. And it'll be like, take it easy. Can take I get guac over here? It, Guacamole. Well, we got to wait for this bit. We got to wait for the bit to finish. Uh, he's talking no, slow because he's a giant. If ha- Josh, I, I get if, it. I get okay, it. Okay, okay. If Hajaj becomes a giant, he will eventually replace the sun. Because you can't have something that <laughs> oh, big and that God. hot without Take being it easy. Medium yeah. Josh is just fine the way he is, and we don't need any more of him. He got shot. He did his part. That's enough of medium Josh. Picante Josh is what we're calling him. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, fire Josh are, in the Taco I would Bell say scale. well over 10 to 15 minutes into this podcast, and I don't think we've actually talked about the plot yet. So why don't we get okay, into so that? It yeah. starts with them running, and uh, you know it's nice to see uh, Rufus. Uh, and Rufus's mom pick up, pick them up and kind of already start to get on the same page with the plan. So I felt like that was a great start to the episode and where things kind of left off. Yeah, I mean, I think we can actually, even though everything dovetails together, sort of talk about this by character groupings. And I think a good place to start is with Rufus and Ellie, because we've been talking a lot about what their purpose in the show is right now, what they are crucial to because not that they've been shoved to the side, but just sort of questions about where is their plot arc going. And we got a lot of that here, not only with Rufus helping everybody out, but Ellie and Nina having that badass scene where they basically try to take down Gideon all by themselves with these tools from her shed. Uh, All of that stuff was great. Like I love the emotional stuff and I love the action stuff as well. So I was very happy to see that. Uh, Yeah. And also the the moment, the moment they were like, don't worry, your mom's a badass. It's going to be mm-hmm. all right. Like, that was yeah. cool. I love the way they sort of, like, really set Ellie up well in this episode. Uh, really welcomed her back into the story. She relives yeah. her time in the demon world right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and then they show up with a bunch of tools. Um, Gideon recognizes her for from her time in the demon world, which I thought was cool. Um, while Nina smashes him in the face with a sledgehammer, which is mm-hmm. dope. Um, I also <laughs> love the scene where um, I guess this was with uh, with Kinsey and Tyler, but um, just on Demon World, um, Gideon talking about like, oh, you want the keys? The keys are my kin yeah, and mm-hmm. I want them back. I want all of them back so that I can bring them back. And I, I really love that it's re- a, a villain like Gideon is just a blunt force villain. Like we're not meant to identify with him very much. But I love including that here because it does it does make sense. His these demon, even though he's evil, these keys are his lock family. They're the mm-hmm. his Bodhi is one of those keys potentially. And so he's like, yeah, I want my friends to live in my little satchel and then I'm going to bring them back into this world and all that, which I thought was cool. Uh, I agree. That was a very cool motivation. And like you're saying, it really walks this line where it doesn't make him sympathetic in any way, but it makes him understandable in terms of what he's doing. Uh, jumping back to the Rufus of it all, I also thought there were some great scenes with him oh, throughout yeah. the episode. One Hell thing yeah. I wanted to call out, I'm always, as you guys know very well, very obsessed with like background props of food in things. So they were sitting at this table and eating bits and pieces cereal. And I looked it up. It's a prop cereal that's been used in Grounded for Life, Heroes, Being Human, Desperate Housewives, The Killing, and a bunch of other things. So I don't know. I always think that's very fun when it's like some clearly made up product that's just created the cinematic universe of bits and pieces is, I guess, what we're getting here. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice catch there. That's good research, kid. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, you guys. Well, I guess that's it for the podcast. That was the main point I wanted to get (laughs) at. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Let's go over to Bodie, because this is a big one that we've been talking about. One thing that I wanted to mention here that really did hold me up in the uh, episode, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what they do and everything to do with what you guys do. When we got to Chamberlain, I could not stop thinking about how you guys have talked about him on the podcast, where you're like, what does he do? Just sit there all day, just waiting for somebody to come up to him? And he does! I He's know. just chilling. Like, oh, hello. like a lot of Here older folks, you just want to watch the world go by. Put your lawn chair in your front yard and just watch the parade pass. I mean, he does have a front row seat to just kind of watch things go down. Um, but it was great to see him. Also, what was interesting was... Uh, Bodie, uh, kind of reacting to Sam, uh, we had to have that kind of emotional arc quick, right? Where uh, Bodie's first like, Hey, I hate you. You're a bad guy. And then get won over by, uh, Sam. I, I was, I, I was kind of like, at first I was like, Bodie, this isn't the time to be angry, but you know, of course he's a kid and it's understandable why he's upset. Uh, and I, so I was happy with the kind of the Sam transformation so much so that at the end of the episode, when the rest of the family is like, Oh shit, Sam, I'm like, guys, it's going to be all right. No, it's, it's, it's a different kind of Sam. It's going to be okay. It, it's wild to think about from their perspective, like thinking about yeah. them as if they're real people watching this happen yeah. over the course of two days where maybe they've slept, maybe not, not entirely clear. They've had to team up with Dodge, the demon that tried to kill them over the course of months. And then who orchestrated the death of their father, if not yeah, executed. Exactly. And now they're meeting the guy who killed their father. And he's like, I'm here to help as well. <laughs> yeah. But I will say I agree with you. And that's why, like, Bodie, I was like, oh, of course he thinks that. But I was like, we're on the side of Sam. We know he's changed mm-hmm. before yeah. Bodie does. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. As viewers, we obviously have a very different perspective than the Locke family does. So like we're talking around, I really appreciated that reaction from Bodie. Also appreciated the Jedi training with the sparrows. I thought that was very yeah, That fun. was hilarious. You got to be one with the birds and feel mm-hmm. the energy. And it was funny to watch Zen Bodhi kind of become uh, one with the uh, uh, birds to kind of control them there. Yeah, very quick training montage, but also yeah. very effective. Gideon, weak to birds. Really, birds really messed him <laughs> uh, up. Yeah, really. he had them on. The, he had them up against the wall. Well, and that's he, what I was worried about because we saw him and he was just like grabbing birds with his hand and like squashing them. Mm-hmm. But when there's a bunch flying around, he can't do that. So it, it, yeah, really. No, I mean, but that's the thing that like not a lot of people know about the Revolutionary War. Actually, is that in a British land they don't have any birds. So yep. when they came over here to America and they're fighting, that was the thing that took them down. Yeah, Paul Revere was a bird. Not a lot of people know that. He was just a a sparrow in a hat. What was funny was, like, how much time they were taking around. Like, he was was just, like, playing with birds, and they were just on the floor, like, oh, you got this key? Okay, I'll grab this key. I was like, hurry up! It's just birds! It's not going to completely distract them, but I guess it did. I mean, this is taking a little step back from that scene, but another thing that I really appreciated about this episode uh, is how deftly they weave together everybody's individual plans. Like, both from the villain and the hero perspective, but the moment where uh, they come in and they're like, Bodie, we're going to give you Bolton's body, okay? Just bear yeah, with he was us. Like, He's no like, no way, man. No, nah, I'm going to do my own not thing. Interesting. I don't like that leather jacket. I don't want to rock that. 
Yeah, but I don't want to be that, Spike like, from Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Bodie and Sam have their own plan. Kinsey and Tyler have their own plan. Nita and Ellie are kind of part of that, but sort of working on their own thing. And then like Rufus is on the side doing his own thing as well. And of course, Gideon is sending Bolton to do stuff with Josh. So there's like a lot of chess moves and moving pieces, but it never feels like you're watching that pieces moving around the board thing so much as the characters actually interacting and weaving and following each other. So again, it was, really definitely well, done because it felt like the characters were actually just behaving on their own. And it was sort of like, don't do that. And then it was like, okay, it worked out nice. Like when um, Rufus showed up, I was like, Oh no. And I was like, Oh, it's good. Okay. Well, that's the thing. Like when it, it was very interesting, they had this plan that, you know, I mean, Tyler drew a map, like he, he really kind of put in some work and then Kinsey's like, Oh, I see snow and a bird and Oh, uh, Bodie's plan is way better than what we got. We're going to mm-hmm. roll with that, which I, as a leader, knowing like when to be like, yo, fuck what I was doing. Let's do this new thing. I mean, that's a smart move. It was impressive the way she kind of Sorry, adjusted on the saying- fly. You're the leader of the podcast. Is that what you're putting out there? You said as a leader. I, I was. That's weird that that's the one thing you pulled away from all the things that I said. Wow. But uh, right. OK, it was the last thing you said. That was the main thing I listened to. Oh, OK. <laughs> you're one of those. Just yeah. repeat the last thing said. OK, cool. The last thing said. I'm the leader, though, right? <laughs> wow. Nice. Look at this. We got an improviser on our hands. Uh do we want to talk about Sam Lester, though, in general? Like, we, he gets the big reveal at the end here. He does. I love that move. I didn't see that coming, that he was going to go into Bolton's body, but that was so smart. Like, they, they set it up. You should have known, but it was just a great magic trick with having Bolton's body laying there and then not coming, but like, having him come in and still do his Bolton stuff. But I didn't realize that it was Sam. I, I was like, oh, it's got to be Sam. It's I'm, yeah. I'm You thought so, that? I was like, please let it be Sam, because that would be so amazing. And I was so happy. Because only thinking back, I was like, why do they have that moment where we saw Bolden reanimate? Yeah. And I was like, who cares? He's a, a henchman. And then well, I was, the I was like, of course we saw it because it's Sam. But that's the thing, like, we almost felt for Bolton a little bit in this episode, because it was like this thing where Gideon was like, okay, what do we have to do? We'll do this ghost thing. Bolton, you do it. And we're like, oh, man, this Bolton guy really gets the short end of the stick a lot. I do have... You feel bad for Bolton? Well, I mean, so far this episode, you felt bad for Gideon, you felt bad for Bolton, you don't like the Sparrow stuff. Who... Have you been taken over by a demon, Pete? Pete's a demon. We mm-hmm. got to unlock him. Well, I do have another question about the rules, and it's fine. And again, as usual, I don't really care that much. Uh, I'm not too upset about it. But so Bolton's an echo, but he also has a ghost in him, so he can go through the ghost door and release a ghost, and then his echo body drops down. I, I guess so. I agree with you. I was thinking that how come he gets to do that, but. An echo seems to have almost all the same powers or same form, corporeal mm-hmm. form, as a regular person, except they're so. in, impenetrable to uh, bullets. Old-timey bullets, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so all of that stuff was good. There was one other – oh, we got to talk about Hot Josh because stuff went no, down kid. No, no, yeah, we this episode. To, we don't need to do that. Uh, well, this was Hot Justin. Josh, yeah. You've been asking for – almost two full seasons now. What is the purpose of Josh? What is going on? When will he come back to me? I love him. I love him. What'd you feel? Like, I think this was his purpose was here for him Um, to go. Wait, my ancestor Gideon, that was his purpose. 
Well, oh, I no. think that's just the beginning of it. Like, we'll okay. get more from that, I think. Not but, sure um, about that. <laughs> first off, what's that? Not sure about that, but all right. You don't go think ahead. we're going to get more? You think it was just a reference, the fact that he's yep. like, that was my ancestor? No, I think that's it was it. so that they could go there, they could threaten him, and he could be brought into the fold by Nina, explaining everything to him, and that ultimately he is going to be the new hot daddy for the Locke family, and uh, that's how I think he. I out. think he is going to be the hot daddy. Stop. No doubt about that. But I do think we're going to get some other use out of the fact that he is the descendant of Gideon. Otherwise, it was just a conversation topic, That's like right. an icebreaker for That's them. Right. No, just it needs little, to be more than that. A little place to connect is all, and it's all we need in life. You know what I mean? Mm. I guess we'll see. I guess maybe they could do something with the time shift key or something like that. Um, not sure exactly how that would work, but whatever it was. Oh, what were you going to say, Justin? I was going to say it could be a conver- just a conversation. Like Josh can talk to Gideon about it, mm-hmm. I think, in a way that will make him a part of the final confrontation here. Yeah, he'll be like, um, I'm your great-great-great-grandson. And Gideon will be like, well, I can't harm you now. Well, how about you right. guys? I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about the fact that Josh was kind of like pulling away from Nina in this episode. We do want to talk about that. Just buckle up for a second. got to start at the beginning <laughs> because the beginning, because Gideon the, the has to send the I'll, beginning. I'll come up with a rhyme for next episode about be Gideon. <laughs> cool. That's your assignment. Um, it's a poem. Gideon, it's not a rhyme. Yeah. Gideon needs to send his henchmen, send Spike, send Bolton out to deactivate Hot Josh because he's too hot for them to ignore. Deactivate. <laughs> so he sends. Uh, we get the whole Jamie. I, yeah, no. He, I just want to say not to. I'll let you get to that in a second. But the line where he said, "Deactivate the hotness." I love that. that was I love great. that too. That was the uh, worst that, voice. I did not like that. Blew voice. out Pete's ears. Or Pete. uh, stop doing that. Um, I love how how Josh is just always chilling at the museum, just mm-hmm. like hanging just out, hanging out. Hanging out. Hey, that's hot. Hey, Nobody there. Nobody visiting that museum in Matheson. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that was great. I thought all the stuff with Jamie was great and really well staged. It was super tense yeah. Yeah. as well yeah. throughout. Um, um, smart well the way they were like, "Hey, you don't need Jamie anymore." I thought that was a smart move on their part. Wait, what? What? When uh, Bolton was having them all at gunpoint, oh, yes. and then he was like, oh, you don't, okay. you don't even Jamie need go. Jamie anymore. You know what I mean? So that was cool. Yes. Yeah. And I was happy for Bolton to be like, yeah, you're right. I don't need this kid. So I was yeah, like, he's yeah. just, you know, he's just a, a young soldier trying to make do. Just trying to get back to his Revolutionary War family, I guess. No, he's just sure. trying In to. Ri- he's just trying to live his new leather jacket life that he has that he's just found and is like really into. Right. He's trying to get to the seat of the vampire lords so he can really uh, work yeah, his exactly. way up that particular chain. But exactly. We'll see if that ever happens uh, now. Then we get a nice scene with Josh and Nina after he's taken a musket ball right to the uh, peck. Yeah, she I keeps hogging him. And it's like, hey, why why do you keep hurting Josh? It bounced off his pecs. His pecs are like steel. That's what I'm yeah. The hospital was like, we don't know. Nothing seems to harm him. It's crazy. <laughs> He's too hot for muskets. Too hot for muskets. You know what was crazy? Though? <laughs> we never saw the ambulance drivers that picked him up, which I think would have been oh, a great opportunity. Yeah, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously played by um, classically trained actors, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. <laughs> now, this brings uh, me to another topic that's a little off the plot, but I just want to mention at this point, we're on episode six. We have two episodes left, right? In oh, this series. Man. 
they've already had the Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez cameos. So that's like two of the big cameos that happen in the lock and key comics. They had that back in the season one. I like where this is going. But there's three other cameos that they haven't had yet, which is the three of us. Do you think those are going to happen in the last two episodes? Uh, the huge opportunity at the hospital to feature a Dr. Zalman. So I think your your door has closed, sir. Um, oh, do you and, think they're they're waiting for a guy who gets boulder falling on him, Justin? Well, like, I will say not a lot of action face? happening in the caves, uh, which yeah. is where my character um, if, if barely escapes dying from boulder crushing. <laughs> no, he's dead. No, my guy lived. I went to the prom and lived a great life afterward. Nope. Uh, <laughs> no, you got crushed by a boulder. Uh, For those Pete of you gets... who don't know what we're talking yes, about, okay. we were, um, as early fans of Lock and Key, uh, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez and Joe Hill had us drawn into the series over the course of it. Uh, Alex played Dr. Zalbin. Pete played a cool teen who gets cut in half by a weird sword. And I played <laughs> Double-sided black teen. axe, bro. Double-sided black axe. <laughs> That's how you want to played... go in real life, right? That's in your will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Even if you well. die from some other natural causes, you want me to split you in half with an axe. Right? That's right. That's right. That'll be weird. I'll try to talk to the coroner. But. Yeah. Let's make a pack, guys. If uh, however we go out, Pete, you'll go out by getting split in half by black axe. Justin, you'll die by a boulder. Double sided. I'm, by... I'm worried you guys aren't going to get this right. It's got to <laughs> sure. be a double sided black axe. And when I die, I want to die uh, by being a successful doctor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Drowning by having a tech. small part and then uh, not a featured again later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm still holding out. Uh, we'll see what happens, I guess, in these yeah. last two episodes. Uh, that all said, uh, any other moments we want to call out here? Uh, I, thought um, were, I did like yeah. so to continue the hot Josh. Um, I guess I want to call it a thesis. Uh, he and Nina catch up. Nina talks to him, further connects with him. She believes him. And I really like the connection between his sort of belief in this fantastical door that um, can bring the dead back to life and her being like, that door is real. It's just a bad door. So like Mm -hmm. they do actually sort of believe the same things um, and, and connect in a nice way. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I also thought initially I was like, Oh no, he's going to forget this because that's how the magic works. But that's not what she was doing. She was just telling him about a thing. So he's not necessarily going to forget. Right. It's seeing the magic or remembering Mm -hmm. having seen the magic that messes with your head. So I think just hearing about it. Well, I agree with you. When I was hearing the scene, I was like, what are the rules here? But (laughs) I think it is, it's fine to talk about something that you saw Mm -hmm. and believe in without um, having actually witnessed it. Yeah. Two lines that I wanted to call out that I liked in particular. So when Kinsey is apologizing to Tyler at breakfast over a nice bowl of bits and pieces, she says she's worried that Bodhi will be really mad at her and Tyler sarcastically says he'll definitely spend ghost eternity hating you the way he delivered that line. Very funny. funny. Well, let me just say also, like once they got they picked up the uh, Ellie and Rufus picked up the Locke family and they stayed the night and had breakfast. They were having a pretty chill breakfast for Mm -hmm. the situation at hand. Nina was like fielding calls from Josh while also like (laughs) having a chill like, I guess I'll have the parfait. I was like, come on, this is serious. There's a portal (laughs) in your living room. There was. Uh, go ahead, Pete. Uh, the, the line I wanted to talk about is when Rufus was telling Jamie what's up with the ghost stuff and uh, how uh, Bodhi is a ghost. And she has that line where she goes, 
oh shit, that's messed up. I just really fun and well delivered there. That was really great. Yeah, that was the other exchange that I wrote down, which was super super fun. Uh, and a great line from Rufus too when they're like, yeah. it's a little hard to explain it. He says, Dodge stole his body and now he's trapped in Key House as a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, Rufus gets it. Down. Well, let but, me say on Rufus. Are we? It feels like we're not going to get some of the Rufus hero moments we maybe saw. How dare you? How dare you? What I wanted to talk about next was Rufus on a bike going to save the day because you can't stop Rufus. You can only hope to contain him. And he is going to ride his bike and save the day. And I think he did a good moment to save his mom, which was cool. But um, as far I think we had made predictions earlier on in this season, we were going to see Rufus save the whole day, not just mom day. And I think we've maybe moved past that at this point. Oh, go after yourself. I think so, too, just because we also Ooh. got the, I keep wanting to say Squadron Supreme, and that's not what it is. Strange. Squadron, Squadron strange. strange. Thank you. So him laying that out in terms of here's how you do it. You do a ruse. You do a feint. I, I, th- I, I think you're right, Justin. I think, like, we haven't seen the last of Rufus. He's still part of the show. Huge part. But I think in terms of saving the day, he's done that at this point. No. Nope. Potentially. All right. Uh, real quick, I want to yeah. shout out when Bodhi came out that door, teared up. Got me. Yeah. That uh, was great. a great reunion moment. Really nice. The fact that it it happened. I think we had thought it was going to be a big end of episode type moment when Bodhi came back. The fact that it came at that moment sort of took my breath away in a weird way where I like really was really pleasantly surprised by it happening. I totally, totally agree. Let's wrap up here, though, and talk about our key moment in the episode. Pete, what is your key moment? Well, I'm still fired up about you guys not believing in Rufus, so I'm saying Rufus on a bike is the key moment. But realistically... Rufus on a bike I, is a key moment? So you, what are the implications for Rufus on this bicycle going forward? It's it's He's going to just... Save the day on his bike. You just wait and see. But realistically, I think it is the Tempest and uh, old uh, Gordy Shaw uh, last trick up the old brain sleeve. So we'll see uh, <laughs> how that all unfolds. I, you know, that reminds me. I need to get a trick up my brain sleeve because I'm sort of out. Um, I agree. I think the key being in Gordy Shaw. It's an episode I've been looking forward to for. Uh, literally years. Um, but yeah, but we... you undercut it. You were like, ah, oh, yeah, Gordy Shaw thing. I think you're right. We're going to see some of the best acting in this Tempest that is, uh, well, it, might, it, it might break your television. And we've referenced it a lot, but let's just, just to lay it out, um, back in the, uh, in Rendell's day when they were in high school, and I think that's why we've seen flashes of it, um, they uh, gave a performance of The Tempest for their high school the- theater production, and they used all the keys over the course of the production to make it truly fantastical. And I think based on what happened this episode, we're going to get to use the head key to experience that firsthand which is something I can't wait to see. Um, very cool. Really lights up my classically trained ass. Real, <laughs> real quick. They go in to his head. They get to a production. They're like, oh, man, this is what we've been waiting for. It's that theatrical production. They cut, and it's like our town. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'll be upset. That'd be a weird choice, I will say. <laughs> Should we do use the public domain uh, <laughs> Tempest from William Shakespeare or maybe go into uh, trying to get licensing for um, the cats? Hmm. I guess we'll see. Either but to, the, the, the cat buttholes are their own little uh, yeah, locks to turn. Locks. Yeah, you got to use the cat butthole key to unlock them. Please That's stop. the key to his brain. That's ah. the Gordy Shaw brain key. 
all uh, throughout the key moment, I think Sam coming back at the end, that's really going to turn that's the tide in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be super important beyond the Gordy Shaw thing. Very excited to see how that plays out. I'm very excited in particular to see how Nita reacts the next episode, because I feel like it's going to be picking up that sledgehammer, hitting him directly in the face and oh. we'll see where that leaves us. Uh, I do think just casting forward with Sam back in the mix, and we had talked earlier about Rendell potentially having one final turn where the family gets to meet him. Will we get a forgiveness moment from either a time-shifted Rendell, an echo Rendell, where uh, he and Sam, he could finally release Sam from his guilt? I think so, right? Now that we know how the time-shift key works, you got to have a moment where they do bring rental back from the past. He's there. He knows they only have the moments of the hourglass and everybody's crying and sobbing and he sets, settles everything and then he disappears and they move on with their lives. I can't wait for that. That's oh a beautiful God, that. way to have a like clock ticking, super sad, but super <laughs> like satisfying last moment uh, with a father that's passed. Oh, or maybe they go back and they all sit there and they watch the tempest and, it's, it's really uh, well done. Or cats. I guess we'll see. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Lock and Key, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Also at Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, keep it locked right here. What's that whisper? The cat's butthole key is somewhere here in my house. I, I must find it.